0: what up everybody welcome to another episode of the two smart dummies podcast as always i'm your host marcus
1: and i'm your host b Reed. baby what's up man not the much, man. Getting geared up for training. We're camps. we're we're
0: almost there, folks. The Raiders reported camp today. I know you you guys care about that. Derek Carr put on a big old Instagram Facebook post saying that the Raiders are here to stay or whatever he said. I don't know. I didn't read it, but he posted something. So
1: over or under four games that you hate Derek Carr. Four games. How long is it going to take for you to hate Derek
0: Carr this year? Shit, I might not make it out of hard knocks before I start hating the motherfucker. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I'm I'm in on Carr. I'm in on Carr. I'm in on Gruden. I I think the we'll Raiders see. win six games this year, six six to seven games.
1: And 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 you're going to be happy with
0: it. You know what? I mean, it's, get the fuck it's out of here. You know. first of all the Raiders have a brutal schedule. They have the hardest schedule in the NFL. They play in a tough division. As long as they are better than last year, I'm good cuz we got two first round draft picks next year and we just, they're just building man. They're building. They're building a the bully.
1: That's it. Man. That's an expectation. Well, really second year, Gruden, They don't give any coaches this
0: much leeway. Second year, six games? Well, when you won four games or whatever it was last year, you know, it just it is what it is, man. Like I'm not going to come out here and t- that's the problem with with a bunch of NFL fans. They're unrealistic. They come out, Oh, we winning twelve games at twelve and four. Thirteen and three. I can see us going fourteen and two. I've seen I've seen on, on i have seen on Raiders message, message boards like on Reddit where people are like, Well, I wouldn't be shocked if we go fourteen and two or two and fourteen and I'm like, Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> like
1: Well, you got you got A uh, B. You got the best running back it, in the draft. Love it. You got you got Groot.
0: Tyrell Williams. I mean, I think our yeah. offense is going to be yeah. potent and legit. Um, for me, it's just a matter of the offensive line. If they if they can protect Derek Carr, Derek Carr is going to be back to that 2016 Derek Carr. He's got better weapons than he's ever had all at one time. Um, you know, there's, there's really no excuses for that offense. The defense, question marks, outside of Gary and Conley and LaMarcus Joyner, um, you know, at the end of the day while they did address stuff in the in the um, in, with the defensive line you're still relying on a bunch of rookies and, and second year players to get to the quarterback and while I think the linebacking core will be improved still a question mark and who knows what's going to happen in the defense so deep all my questions are on defense but the Raiders offense should be potent as hell
1: yeah you're not better than I the don't Chiefs. think so you're not better than the Chargers the well, Broncos,
0: the I think they're better than the Broncos. Now, now the
1: Broncos, I'm actually
0: out on all yeah. things Broncos. Um, I am too. I'm I not. think I think the Raiders could be the second best team in that division. The Chargers are just they're the Chargers. Uh, well,
1: the Chargers, you know the Chargers. Chargers are gonna win ten to twelve games. That's what they do, baby. Yeah, <laughs> ten to twelve. But games I for mean,
0: the what was it? 2016, you had. The Raiders won 12 games. The Chiefs won 12 games. I think the Chargers won 10 games that year. Like, that, I mean, so it, it happens. Um, I'm out on the Broncos. I think the Raiders are the second or third best team in that division. Wouldn't shock me. If, like I said, I, I, I'm looking at probably 6-10, and 7-9, but it wouldn't shock me if they went 10-6 and six or 9-7. and seven. That's, that's the window I see the Raiders at. I don't see them being a 4-win team. I don't see them being a 12-win team, but somewhere in the middle.
1: Think about your boy Melvin Gordon holding out or threatening now. To there
0: hold out? is another problem for the Chargers because, um, you know, say what you want about Melvin Gordon, that dude is a baller. And I, while I think that running backs are replaceable, I do think that elite running backs, like he said, are not replaceable. Like, you can't just replace Ezekiel Elliott, you can't just replace Melvin Gordon because while you know people can talk about austin eckler all they want to you can't replace todd Gurley. um you can talk about austin eckler all you want to but at the end of the day when that dude has to carry a full workload he's terrible so you know
1: justin jackson yeah but
0: is he better than melvin gordon
1: no but i mean melvin gordon gonna get hurt five to six games out of the year that's the problem the problem comes in he's gonna want guaranteed money He's going to want one of these big-time contracts like a Ty Gurley or a Le'Veon Bale. And are you ready to commit big-time money to him early with his injury history? I mean, you can't depend on that dude. You never know. He's going to break his neck. (laughs) I mean, like, that dude has really weird injuries that he just happens to bounce back from that's not going to be the case when he gets older
0: well right i mean but what is he 25 26 so you give him, i mean you know uh, again unfortunately running backs are becoming easier and easier like it's becoming the least appreciated uh, uh uh position in the sport but how many levy?
1: And he's not in a Le'Veon Bell situation either. He hadn't been franchised, he hadn't gotten any big money. He's still kinda playing on his yeah. rookie deal, right?
0: Which I I think that so, is what needs to be fixed for running backs. Like since they typically don't make it to second or third contracts, that would be the fairer way, is like instead of being able to franchise tag these dudes for two years or like saying, Hey, you know, we we're only gonna we're gonna run them into the ground on that rookie contract and then, you know, discard them. I don't think that's right. Um, but, you know, I, something needs to change But because I see why these guys are holding out. But if it's my team, I don't really want to pay a running back $15 million a year. It, it's just kind of a, a conundrum. Yeah, and, it,
1: and it's funny, too, because um, before this new um, player agreement, everyone was always up in arms about these players getting their money up front and being a bust or not. But I actually think that's how it needs to be in the NFL because you don't know how long your career is going to last. You need to get your money up front because playing four years for free – not free, but playing four years on these low contracts and then you get hurt in your third year, it kind of screws you. So in the NFL, it probably is better. And I know veterans didn't like the rookies coming in getting all this money, but veterans got to understand you did the same thing. So why did you cut these new this new class making them earn their money in a sport where you may not even get the benefits of what you earn? And I mean, like, if Melvin Gordon, let's say Melvin Gordon has been playing great and he's earned his money over the last three years, if Melvin Gordon tears ACL this year, he's not getting a big contract next year. And all that years of service that you kind of, it's not like basketball, the years of service that you put in that you would normally benefit from, you still have to overcome injury. That's why Melvin Gordon right now is saying, hey, maybe I should just hold out to try to get my contract while my production's on the table right now. Because this is the only leverage he really has is trying to hold out and affect their record. And even that you got to give back money. But if you go and play and you get hurt like a Earl Thomas and you never get your big payday, it's really going right. to screw you.
0: And you know, I've seen both sides of the fence with Le'Veon Bell. Would you say that he won that holdout or that he lost that holdout? Because James Conner did come in and while he was not Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he was a good running back one that kind of, I mean, tailed off at the end, but um, I don't think that James Conner is the reason they missed the playoffs. Um, you know, and I'm not certain that they make the playoffs with Le'Veon Bell. But um, you know, I, I do think that he hurt himself. But he, I guess, it, I mean, he 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 lost 15 million dollars that he's never going to get back. You know, because he didn't get as much money as he thought he was going to get um, in free agency.
1: But I mean, he still he still got a lot of money. It just depends on if you believe that. Uh, if you believe that the Steelers offered the contract that they claim they gave him, and I've read a lot of reports, and it said those guarantees in the contract that they claim they offered him was not the guarantees that he actually got. A lot of that was like injury guarantees, but it didn't have the amount of guaranteed money um, that, that that they were saying. So I don't know what his goal was. I mean, people say that yeah, he lost that. the franchise tag money that he'll never get back, but he also didn't get hurt. He didn't really lose, um, lose a year on his body. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you can't get that back, but he's going to make up for it. He didn't damage himself. So, yes, you can say the benefits that he lost that $15 million, but what happens if he plays and he gets hurt? You saw what his market was from just sitting out a year. Now, what would his market be if, that, if he would have injured his leg? If he had to tore his ACL, then you start looking, oh, well, he set out. He was a problem in the locker room. Oh, he's got suspended before. Yeah, he might be on one-year $5 million contract, one-year $3 million contract for the rest of his career. So it depends on how you look at it. You can look at it and say, yeah, he lost it, but he didn't get hurt either because we don't know what would have happened if he would have got hurt. We know how these NFL owners are, especially when you have any type of past and your market value goes down. I mean, He could have lost way more money. So I I still support him sitting out and not playing under that franchise tag.
0: Yeah, but I I do think that something needs to be done, um, particularly for, I mean, like I said, the running backs. It's the one position where they just they typically don't see that second contract. I mean, you know, it just I feel for the guys because you look at a guy like what DeMarco Murray is the perfect example. The Cowboys ran him into the ground and then, you know, he I think he had one good year in Philly. Or, or no? Yeah, I couldn't remember because no, yeah, no, no, don't I forgot because they they brought him Ryan Matthews in all in at one time, and both of those dudes were RB ones got ran into the ground and and never really got a second contract out of the deal. So you know it's it,
1: oh they were they were both equally terrible. <laughs> I equally terrible, and they both got hurt on minimum amount of carries.
0: Well, yeah. Ryan, that was Ryan Matthews' mo. That. He was always hurt. That, I mean, shit, he got hurt tying his shoes half the time. Um, but what are you looking forward to for this offseason, man? I mean, we talked about it. Training camp kicks off this week. Uh, we got the Hall of Fame game next Thursday, I believe. Uh, you know, we're, so we're we're right there. Is there anything you know that we're really looking forward to? I mean, listen, I know everyone gets all excited, like, oh, uh, the Hall of Fame game is here. But, like, <laughs> for me, I'm like, First oh, yeah, not out. even. It's like 15 minutes. And I'm like, all right, well, that was fun. See ya.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about, you know, my Eagles coming back, getting a healthy Carson Wentz, um, you know, seeing with my boy Djax is back and give Carson Wentz an actual deep threat. So me being an Eagles fan, I'm super excited to see what we can do with a healthy Carson Wentz.
0: J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is about to run the world.
1: Yeah, If he ever gets on the field. (laughs) Uh, I'm also excited to see what Baltimore looks like. I want to see what what happens to Lamar Jackson a year two. Because that dude has some weapons out there. and He's an exciting player. Even if they can just put some run packages together. Uh, that dude is destined to be an exciting player in my book. And I really want to see what Harbaugh can do, do with his talents. Um, really interested to see if the Rams were a fluke. See Kyler Murray in, a, in an NFL uniform to see him with K- Kingsbury. That's only going to go two way Two ways. He's going to be a great success or a complete train wreck. If, and I'm here if you him. had to
0: put money on it, which, would, which way would you lean?
1: Train yeah. wreck. Kingsbury is terrible. And it's nothing to do with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray can be good even in spite of Kingsbury. But I don't think Kingsbury is a good coach. He was in college, that same system, didn't win more than six games in the Big 12 where they say people play no defense. I think he only had one winning season. I mean, his record in the Big 12 – which people argue is one of the worst conferences. I don't agree, but even if it's not, I mean, he, he was a bottom dweller. Why would he be better in NFL? And he's coming into one of the better conferences. He got, uh, Seattle in his conference. He has, uh, who's the other one? Um, the Rams in his conference. Like I don't see how Kingsbury is going to be successful running a whole team. Yeah.
0: Um, I think the Cardinals are easily the worst team in that division. Um, I I just I don't I don't like anything the Cardinals have done. I like Christian Kirk. I you know Kyle Murray could turn out to be good, but other than that, I'm out on the Cardinals. I think they're the worst team in that division.
1: Bro, that that offense could put up 28 points a game, and I still see the defense giving up like 40. Like I don't see, did they even do anything on defense? Did the defense get better? Patrick Patterson got suspended. I mean, I guess that's something. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have him for like yeah. four games.
0: Didn't they? weren't weren't they super high on Robert Kim like two years ago? wasn't Wasn't he supposed to be the savior? And I, is he still in the league?
1: I don't know. I don't pay attention to the Cardinals. I don't. I mean, I like what they did on offense, but. I mean, you couldn't win in a Big 12 with a superior offense and a bad defense. I don't know how the hell that's going to work. And especially you're going into a defensive division. It's not even like you're going into one of the easier defensive divisions. You still have the Seahawks, which even without the Legion of Boom, they still play really good defense. You still got the Rams that play really good defense. And you have a rookie quarterback, even though I love Kyler Murray, with a bunch of rookie receivers and a second-year Kirk and underachievers. Like, <laughs> Do we really know that this offense is yeah, going to be good?
0: that's where I'm at. Um, but a lot of Cardinals fans out here will disagree with us. Uh, but they are those fans I'm talking about that expect their team, a team like the Cardinals to, for whatever reason, win 10 or 11 games this year. I just don't see it. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, they should be more like what you're looking at. Like, hey, if we get five games and Kyler Murray looks good, then we did well. But obviously they're not good with that because Rosen looked good last year in a little bit of games, and they shipped him – very
0: quickly. yeah I mean he, there were times where he looked completely awful though but then again that I tough to say that was his fault because that team was just an absolute mess um coach didn't know what he was doing I mean that's that's the hard part you got cats that have never been head coaches before coming in and drafting you know you know you're giving them a rookie quarterback so nobody knows what the hell they're doing so you know' it's, it's tough man' we'll, we'll see I don't I don't want to spend any more time on the Cardinals but um Brett Favre.
1: They do have Larry Fitzgerald
0: though. Uh, Larry Legend will always be.
1: I mean, I'm I'm talking about as like a, a leadership well, role who knows.
0: Yeah, well, they got on. a couple old dudes. I think uh, their defensive line is old. No, mm-hmm. uh, Larry. Deion Buchanan been in the league 13 um, years. Yeah,
1: yeah, but their defense is trash. I'm talking about someone who's actually been.
0: So Brett Favre came out and said that uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and uh, someone else reminded him of him. Who was it? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes reminded him of him. I agree with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that dude, Patrick Mahomes is something I've never seen before. Um, but I think, as far as Baker Mayfield goes, Baker May—the accuracy on Baker Mayfield—I don't think Brett Favre is that accurate. And I watched a lot of Brett Favre.
1: Shit, I think the accuracy on Patrick Mahomes is way better than Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre—you got to remember, gunslingers because he threw just as many picks as interceptions. And I can't really say that about either one of the dudes he's talking about. Baker Mayfield, maybe, but Baker Mayfield played as a rookie. Patrick Mahomes didn't. Um, Hopefully, he'll be more efficient this year. But, I mean, we're talking about Brett Favre and, like, his 15th season still throwing game-winning picks. Right. I mean, I don't know if I want the Brett Favre moniker because with the good, you're taking the bad. That gunslinger role is more like for uh, Matthew Stafford. Right. You know what I mean? You know, that's gunslinger. You don't really want to be a gunslinger. Gunslinger means you throw it in triple coverage – and hope that it gets through. It's really not a good thing.
0: And the only one I trust on that right now is definitely Patrick Mahomes. I mean, is have you have you seen a quarterback like him before?
1: Uh, I mean, I haven't, but he reminds me of like old school quarterbacks that they used to talk about. Uh, well, I can't even remember their names, like Frank Tarkin. Frank Targeting, <laughs> yeah, those type of quarter. Fred targeting like the the things that he does reminds me of the stories they would tell about them. I didn't actually see him play. But it just reminds me of the stories, like oh, he ran to one side, he threw it forty yards underhand, you know,
0: so that type of shit. The NFL decided not to suspend Tyreek Hill, um, citing that they didn't have enough info to go on um, in his abuse of child in his case of child abuse. Um, you know, after kind of making a real big scene, and everyone was at the point to where we thought we may never see him in the NFL again. Do you think that was just a rush of judgment by? um fans or players or whomever or you know did the nfl botch this um what do you make of this
1: well i don't think it was um anything by fans because i mean the fans saw the the audio but i mean he was never charged they never caught him actually hitting him so i guess the the audio would be um suggest was it called um the evidence that they say is not presentable in court. Circumstantial uh, evidence. Circumstantial, because they didn't really actually have any hard evidence of him beating his kids. Kind of like hearsay stuff. Her yelling at him and saying stuff. I think most of the case of the abuse was on her. The police was called on her, I believe. Not him. And the stuff with him came in the audio of her saying some stuff about him punching him in the chest. But they never had any real evidence against him so on the one hand i can see it on the other hand i feel like players have been suspended for less without correct. any evidence correct before. especially
0: when when you hear on audio that you know him actually say bitch you need to be afraid of me too um you know that that's that. Is this technically
1: what battery no that's technically assault
0: yeah huh? when you say that to someone well i mean at the very least it's Threatening. I mean, you know what I mean. Like we got, yeah. we got enough to say. You know, this dude is not a good fucking dude. So, um, you know, it's a weird situation because I think we can all agree. Tyree killed probably a scumbag. His you know reputation has preceded him, and and now there's something to the story. It sounds like baby mama is probably a little bit of a shitbag too. Um, but there's a, definitely at the end of the day. You really feel bad for this child who's probably in a not so good situation with two fucked up parents.
1: Man, this is this is kind of this is kind of the MO of old Andy Reed, man. He's kind of lenient on players. He can be too lenient sometimes and they can get in trouble. He has a tendency of taking players that have questionable history. And I mean, if you have talent, he'll work with you, but I mean you gotta draw a line at some point. I mean if Kareem Hunt You know, he got in trouble. You had Zeke get in trouble for some hearsay. I don't know. I I mean, when you look at repetitive history, it'd be different if this dude had never had a pass and this happened. But, I mean, he literally didn't get drafted because he was, like, beating on his girlfriend at OSU. Same girl. He got kicked out of, yeah, he? He got kicked out of Oklahoma State. I believe so. Mm-hmm. He got kicked out of Oklahoma State for beating up his girlfriend there. He goes to this small school. He has a history of beating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a, a continuing pattern. But because he's so talented, do they just brush it under the rug? I mean, something has to be done. And they're talking about, oh, now they might sign him to an extension because he's clear. <laughs> like, is he really clear, though? I mean, I know you couldn't prove that he's guilty, but it's kind of like the OJ thing. We know he's guilty.
0: Yeah, for me, I think you know, if you're the NFL, I would have I would have probably given the full two games, you know, four games, something. I would have I would have done something just off that audio alone, uh, because once again, first of all
1: bad pr if nothing else right and nothing else you can say that this is bad pr for the league This getting out here i'll give you a two games i'll give you a four let them negotiate it down to two people can say well he didn't do anything you didn't prove anything at at the very least it's bad pr doing a bad
0: time correct and i i already think and a lot of people think that roger Dale is already the worst commissioner in sports his everyone besides the owners hate him um fans hate him players hate him uh you know, just.
1: I actually think that's what makes him the best commissioner in sports.
0: Hot take. Do uh, you want to go into, into why? Because I think he's terrible. I think he's the
1: best because when you're as commissioner your job is not to please the Splint fans. Your job is to please the owners. You work for the owners. You are the voice of the owners. So as long as you're keeping pressure off the owners, they come to you They come to you with something they want you to do, want you to say, something they want you to implement. And no matter how unpopular it is, Roger Goodell implements it. He handles the pressure. He takes all the blame. You very seldom see owners taking the blame for things that's implemented in the NFL. It's all Roger Goodell is the lightning rod. So I believe that he's doing his job spectacularly because you never look at the owners and he only does what the owners want them to do. That's why when Bob Kraft gets mad, he folds because he knows if Goodell is against him, then he has the support of the majority of the owners and there's nothing Goodell could do. So, that I mean, nothing um, Kraft can do. So that's why he backs off. The only one that's arrogant enough to try him is Jerry Jones. But that's probably because he knows the other owners hate him. So he's really willing to go at all the other owners. But if you want to keep a good relationship with the owners, you never go at Goodell because you know he has the backing. He's never doing something that he doesn't have the backing of the majority of the owners. So I think he's great at his job. and That's why they keep him around. That's why he keeps giving them raises. He's not like Paul Taglebu. He can handle himself. He's kind of like presidential. No matter what happens, no matter how bad is the press, he always looks calm, cool, and collected, even though he's taking the blunt of the punishment. He's like, hey, yeah, it's my fault. Blame me. Y'all paying me $50 million. Who cares?
0: Yeah. I, um, I think he's awful. I think he's a shit human being, but I think the NFL is littered with shit, shit human beings. I think it, that's what my deal is more from a personal standpoint. I think he's a just a shitty human being. And at the very least, on a professional level, he's just inconsistent as fuck. Because, you know, as you said, I mean, people have been suspended for way less. So um either way man this but is he's,
1: but he's implementing the will of the owner so if you're working at a job and your boss tell you to do something and everyone else thinks you're shit at your job but your boss is commending you and telling you're doing a great job are you going to do something different
0: i mean that's fair i tell my boss kiss my ass every day that i walk in there so
1: that's probably why you're always looking for another job <laughs> 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 i mean we're being real <laughs>
0: Fuck you. Uh, That's great. Um, You mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. Um, They decided they're not going to suspend him either, but the cat that's in Vegas is still demanding an apology. Uh, And it looks like he may be on the block for a holdout, as you mentioned earlier. What do you do if you're the Cowboys?
1: Now, Zeke is in a lot different situation. Well, not a lot because the dude is kind of an asshole and he gets suspended on a regular basis. But he's always... You know, but he's not hurt. He's not injury prone. I guess that's the one thing you can say. And about he
0: him. is the the. I mean, eighty percent
1: of the offense it runs
0: through him. Like that is not a, a running back that you can replace um, easily. I mean, anyway. he literally
1: has the case to say: You take me off this team, you don't make the playoffs. You put me on this team, we make the playoffs. Correct. <laughs> Point um, blank. Period.
0: Because he is that good. Now, Cowboys, like you said, he is a knucklehead. Um, and trouble seems to find its way to him Somehow but on the Field that dude produces Like you know a, The top three back that he is I mean It's it's him it's Todd Gurley and it's you know you could Probably say Christian McCaffrey who are the, I mean those those three guys are, are They do everything for their team uh, Maybe not Christian McCaffrey but He's in the conversation statistically but Obviously they have Cam Newton there whatever but My point is he's that elite type of back that you know i don't know that you can easily replace
1: yeah i mean zeke i mean they don't want to pay him they want to pay him but they don't want to pay what zeke's gonna want i think if anybody deserves it i mean i know ty Gurley put up the numbers and they were crazy but they were literally being able to sit ty Gurley at halftime and still blow people out put 20 more points on them that's not the case with zeke zeke is the offense everything goes through zeke nothing works without zeke so if you if you don't have Zeke and you put put him in a situation. But this goes back to my point of why I think either you have to take away the franchise tag or you have to play pay players up front. Because the biggest problem is teams players don't have any control. Like what can Zeke do? Zeke can hold out, it's gonna cost him money though. I think he still has two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Or is it one? Two I think years. it's two. two so years. he can't just sit out like Le'Veon Bell. Eventually he's gonna have to cave. He's gonna go play. And then next year, if he wants to do a Le'Veon Bell thing, he can. But I don't know what loophole Le'Veon got to get that year of service taken away. I guess you can sit out like eight games both seasons and kind of just screw the Cowboys. But then even at the end of the day, they still got the franchise tag. They The teams have too much control of players. They can literally hold players for like seven years. And that's damn near out of a running back's prom. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? so- well,
0: also, though, if you're the Cowboys, you're in a pickle because now – You're already fighting with how much you got to pay Dak Prescott. You're already fighting with how much you want to pay Amari Cooper. And you got a cat right behind him. And then you're going to have to pay DeMarcus Lawrence, who I think signed the franchise tag. Or did he get a long-term deal? I can't remember.
1: I can't remember. I know he got the franchise tag, but I feel like he got a deal. I'm not sure,
0: though. But they they got cats. They got to pay. So you know
1: and the thing is they've already kind of fucked up because you really want to be the first person to give your quarterback a contract before that market got set and they fucked up and let now they got two people that have signed you got russell wilson with his new contract shit i think ben with his new contract and you got carson Wentz, who i think all three got over a hundred million dollars guaranteed or some shit like that yep
0: and so that therein lies the problem because you know say what you want to about the raiders and john gruden I'm glad they didn't pay. I mean, I wouldn't want to pay Amari Cooper what he's asking for. No way in hell. You know, I, I. So the Cowboys are in a, are in a real pickle because personally, I don't think Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback worth paying 100 million dollars to. Um,
1: but they will have to. Because but they're of the gonna market.
0: have to. And then Amari Cooper, he wants to be paid like he's the best receiver in the game, and honestly, he's not a top five receiver in the game. Um and
1: the fucked up part about that is they're gonna wait too long. And then the the, the mark is going to be set whether it's a franchise tag or not because they're talking about giving Michael Thomas a $20 million a year contract, which I think is totally ridiculous. Ludicrous. I don't care how good he is. And then Julio Jones is fighting for his new contract. By the time they get to Amari Cooper fucking around negotiating with him, you may have three receivers that sign for stupid money, like $20 million a year. So even if you have to franchise Amari next year, then he might be making $17 million a year anyway.
0: Well, then again, you can only use the franchise tag on, uh, I think, two players. So you're going to have to pay somebody. And the problem with the Cowboys right now is they literally are not, like, other than Zeke, none of these players are are the top of their position.
1: Yeah, but you have to pay them like they are because of the market because they didn't sign them early. That's the one thing I like what the Eagles do. When a, a player looks, looks like they're going to be productive, they go out and they sign them, and it seems like a big contract at that point. But what they understand is the market's going to shift. You can look and see how many young players, how many players that are productive that's due for a contract, and that lets you know what you need to do. If you're the first and you set the market, and once you set the market, like Carson Wentz contract right now, it looks good, but it's going to be shit after these other quarterbacks. And I ain't going to say it's going to be totally bad. But it's it's not going to be as big because people are going to play off his contract to get more money. Well, I Just mean, like when same thing. Car signed. Carr looked like his contract was crazy. Now Carr is it's like a Fifteenth, yeah, yep. twenty five million dollar contract. It looks like a bargain. That's exactly I mean, what, was, that's what Alex Smith
0: gets. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, Derek Carr's contract at the time looked like a, like insane. I mean, although they were the Raiders were actually smart because they gave it to him off the one good year. Now, you know, they. Yeah, you know, basically they can cut him after this season with no dead money or minimal dead money. Um, but yeah, that contract last year looked like an albatross, and now, like you said, it is definitely looking like a bargain because Matt Ryan got paid, Matt Stafford got paid, Aaron Rodgers got paid, Kirk. I mean, you know, you go down the line, everybody has since been paid. So you know, it, it really is that time to put up or shut up for him to see if he's going to get that new contract. But yeah the cowboys are they're they're in a bit of a pickle and i'm curious to see because like you said man even if they franchise tag them, now you got patrick mahomes who's gonna reset that market completely so yeah, stupid money you know there's just gonna be guys that yeah, that are gonna be due that um you know the cowboys are in a tough spot and i don't think they believe I Dak think- prescott is a, is a franchise quarterback who's gonna win you a super bowl he might but i doubt it
1: but if if nobody else signs right now, or if one more person signs, I think the mark is going to be set at thirty million at the franchise tag for next season. So that's one year thirty million. You don't get a contract, then it goes up like fifteen percent the next year. So it's like a forty-five million dollar year. If he works it, and he can stay healthy. It could be like Russell Wilson. If you look at the amount of money Russell Westbrook—not Russell—Russell Westbrook, Wilson made over like that six-year stretch because he got the franchise tag like two or three years in a row. Then he got that hundred million dollar contract, and then it was a short term contract. So he just got another hundred million dollar contract for like a three or four years. You can actually benefit from that. And at the quarterback position, I wouldn't. I would definitely not advise um, Zeke to do it because he's a running back. But at a quarterback position now, where you can't touch the quarterback, you can't hit the quarterback, where dudes are just laying back there, you can't roll by his legs. You can't. It's very seldom that. Um, players get hurt unless it's like Carson Wentz a non contact injury just rolling out. So I mean the franchise tag isn't that bad for quarterbacks anymore because you can't touch them. It's not the same risk.
0: Right. Um, I'm just like I said. I'm just curious to see what the Cowboys do, where they go from here because they've got a lot of players that they that they've got to pay. So either some some of their players are going to be on new teams. And one thing that's that's gone very unnoticed is the Cowboys have actually drafted very well over the last five years. Um, Yeah, they actually have. Very well. So, you know, they've got a lot of talent on that team, and they they should be a playoff team year in and year out. But, again, where's that weak link? Because once, you know, once you start taking away weapons, you saw what the Cowboys looked like before Amari Cooper got there. And Amari Cooper's just a good receiver. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, imagine if they had a a great receiver that, that they plugged in um, but at the end of the day, I think that, that Dak Prescott is kind of out of Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott. He'd be the last one I'd want to pay. But then again, he's my quarterback, and I don't want to have to dig through rookie quarterbacks year in and year out. So I don't, I don't know what they do.
1: Well, speaking of people getting paid, what do you think of my boy Le'Veon Bell? He held out, finally got his check. But still, still got the doubters in his ear. He posted a video talking about everyone's always scrutinizing his training. Uh, They want you to run. Said Beyonce's not singing in our off time. I think he proceeded to run down some escalators, which I'm glad he didn't trip and fall and hurt himself because that would have been a highlight reel for people to play. But what do you think about Le'Veon now becoming a villain?
0: You know, I think that he is out to prove that he is, in fact, you know one of the top running backs in the game it seems like he's motivated um if i'm a jets fan i could do it without the drama but um you know i get it I, I like i said i'm all about more empowerment for the players i hope that he goes out and whoops everybody's ass this year I, i'm rooting for Le'Veon bell um do i where, where do you think he ranks at as far as top running backs do you think he just slides back into that that rb123 conversation
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think Le'Veon. What Le'Veon does was very underrated, and I think what he's going to do for this Jets team with a young quarterback is going to be a lot of what he did for Ben. And that's bail him out when you got a running back where you can throw underneath. That's why Darren Sproles keeps getting the job. The boy, thirty six years old,
0: man, damn, he's still coming out to the role.
1: Yeah, yeah, still productive. I mean, you got a running back that can go one on one with linebackers and always pick the right option route, and then when he gets it in his bo- in his hands, he's a highlight reel. I mean, you just can't account for that. Le'Veon Bell was a workhorse. I think the year off it didn't do anything but make him better. I think this Jets team is going to be really dangerous with a real running game because they were dangerous last year with them bums that they had back there. That offensive line is actually really good at blocking. You put Le'Veon Bell behind there, if Darnold could just not fuck it up, they got a defense. Le'Veon should be able to control the clock, keep that defense off the field, which is underrated. He should help the quarterback. And then if he can get the running game going, you got Robbie Anderson that can take the top off the field. So I think this Jets team is primed to be really good. I like Le'Veon. I think he's going to have a big year and prove people wrong. I think people forgot. I mean, you sit out a year, people forget about you, and they start doubting you and start forgetting what you can actually do. Kind of like Kawhi Leonard. A lot of people doubted Kawhi Leonard. Then he comes back, and you actually like, oh yeah, that's why people wanted him. Yeah, that's you're gonna see why why Le'Veon was such a big deal, and that dude right there. I mean, you gotta remember the dude was like getting suspended and coming back after six game and still dominating, going for a thousand yards. So missing, you missing time has never been a thing for him.
0: The Jets strike me as the prime candidate for the ten and sixteen. That's gonna be uh, four and twelve the next year. Uh, you know new coach i mean actually now i think about it it's always the jets (laughs) eric mangini (laughs) came in 10 and 6 next year they were awful they fired mangini a year later todd bowles comes in 10 and 6 next thing you know they're awful they fire him two years later so i I think they're the prime 10 and 16 i
1: don't don't really like their management situation didn't they fire the gm and now the coach is the gm and they, I only love that situation. And,
0: and the, the, you know, uh, what's his name? What is his damn name? What is the coach's wasn't he, name?
1: Wasn't he the dude that was at the Dolphins? I can't remember his yeah, name.
0: Yeah, Adam Gase. So he Adam comes from Gaze. the Dolphins that, keep in mind, got fired from the Dolphins because they were awful. Um, you know, out, and hasn't really been relevant since what? When Ever. He, when he I was think in, he was
1: a coordinator for uh, Bears,
0: wasn't he? He was, but before with John Fox, but... Okay, Jay Cutler wasn't great, but then he got all the credit for Peyton Manning in Denver, whatever. But so he may have a great offensive mind, but he has shown no ability to be a good head coach, other than just people to, just
1: keep putting more and more faith and responsibility into. Him. Yeah, Funny how that works?
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and meanwhile, you got coaches that uh, are getting fired, and they don't get a second uh, chance, let alone more power. You think you think Todd Bowles is going to get another? Offensive or another uh, head coaching position and the GM position. You think that uh, homeboy that was in um, Arizona last year is getting another head coaching position? No, they're not. Yeah. You they're, think
1: Hugh Jackson's going to get another position? Well, yeah, he just
0: got screwed. Well, well, well. <laughs> Hugh Jackson is the one outlier. They gave that motherfucker a lot of rope. <laughs> uh, I, matter of fact, we hope he never gets another job. So, uh, or at least a head coaching job. But, you know what I mean, but there, there. Seriously though, there are a lot of play or coaches who don't get that retread. You know, uh, black coaches don't get the leeway. They get they they get one and done. You're you're literally not going to hear head coach Todd Bowles, head coach. I mean, you even had a cat like Lovey Smith, who they fired him after a winning season in Tampa. Now he went to the college ranks. There
1: was a cat and then the Broncos
0: coach. I think the Broncos Vance Joseph. And the uh, Cardinals coach last year were both black, weren't they? They were. They both Vance, got fired. Vance, out of Vance Joseph and whatever something Wilkes. Now, uh, you know you're not going to see you're not going to see situations where those guys get to become head coaches again, most likely. But Adam Gase goes down to Miami, does nothing, and somehow lands a better job in a bigger market with more money and more responsibility. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that works. It happens all too often in the NFL, though.
1: Well, I will I will defend it by saying. A lot of these black coaches that are coming in are defensive-minded, and most defensive-minded coaches it's hard for them to get a second chance. I would say the only one that really gets multiple second chances was Marvin Lewis. Other than that, if you're a defensive-minded coach, people who are more reluctant to bring you in because of the offensive game. Every coach that you really just named were offensive-minded coach, and that goes back to a Hugh Jackson. But How does you know he keep what? Jobs?
0: If if uh, if Rex Ryan were to say he was coming out of retirement right now, he'd have a job this year. This year, yeah, but
1: yeah, but he has he's he's won a, every time he's been there like one year he's won right. But yeah,
0: but what what did he do in Buffalo?
1: Yeah, but it's Buffalo.
0: Okay, so what did he do after the again the Jets? When he was
1: with the Jets, the Jets the first season they went ten and six. I'm saying the first. I'm not saying his whole resume. I'm just right. saying you bring him in there. His first year, he has the history of. Kind of revitalize an organization and going ten and six, he can do that.
0: But but that that's been the Jets' pattern. That's my point. Eric Mangini came in, did the same thing. Rex Ryan came in, did the same thing. Todd Bowles, they all went ten and six their first year. Now Rex Ryan did go to two AFC Championship games, but they were like nine and seven. Uh yeah, But Rex that, Ryan
1: has a, he has a championship ring, right?
0: With Baltimore as a coordinator.
1: Okay. And just like Marvin Lewis, championship ring.
0: With as Baltimore a as a coordinator. I mean.
1: And those are the only two really defensive coaches that get, like, second chances. Can you name any other
0: ones? Ken Wizenhunt.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think he's offense cool. coordinator.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, Ken's an offense. He was with the Cardinals. Yeah, he's an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy.
0: Whatever. He's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, they're all assholes. That is Steve
1: Spagnola, coach for 10 years. I mean, 20 years. I mean, he's like the worst coach in history. That's fair. I'm, 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 I'm almost willing to say if he didn't have Steve McNair, he would probably have the worst winning percentage of any coach that ever coached that many years.
0: Well, you talking Dude, about Jeff Fisher? Terrible,
1: huh? Je- oh, I said Spagnuolo. Jeff yeah. Fisher, I mean Jeff, Jeff Fisher,
0: boy. Well, Spagnuolo
1: came from the Jeff Fisher tree, didn't he? And he's does just je- as terrible.
0: Does Jeff Fisher deserve to have a tree? <laughs> uh, that's a good point.
1: That's a good point.
0: Because. But you know what's funny? Again, so I will say Jeff Fisher once he got fired from Tennessee, I mean he did deserve another job because he had a, he had multiple thirteen three seasons. He did. I mean I I don't think he was fully exposed until he got to the Rams of, of how bad of a coach he is.
1: Yeah, Jeff. Like I said, if it wasn't for Steve McNair, Jeff Fisher may have the worst winning percentage ever in the league. Steve but, McNair saved that dude.
0: I mean I agree with you. But I'm saying he did go 13 through with Chris Johnson and uh, I can't remember who the Kerry Collins I think was the quarterback something or or was it uh what was his name he, Alex he Van Pelt
1: he couldn't even make us he couldn't even make Nick Foles look good Nick Foles almost retired after fucking with Jeff
0: Fisher <laughs> I mean <laughs> like, that's I'm true. tired of this shit <laughs> so yeah we'll see man um we'll we'll see uh if Adam Gates I'm sure he'll get fired from this job because the Jets. You know they'll go like I said. They're the prime candidates to go ten and six this year, and then they will be six and ten next year, four and twelve the year after, and he'll be out the door. So, uh, what do you think but,
1: about the Giants' quarterback situation? Do you think Daniel Daniel Jones can take out Eli Manning?
0: Yes, uh, and he should. Um, you you what you spent the number six pick on him. Uh, that that's all. And you, what has Eli shown you over the past? I don't know six years, seven years that's that shows that he should still be the quarterback of your team. Um Eli, well,
1: he bought you two Super Bowls against the Pats.
0: Well, even the Broncos told Peyton Manning it was time to roll, bro. We appreciate it, but you can't throw a ten yard out anymore. Sorry. Yeah,
1: but- yeah, but uh the Colts would have kept him if it wasn't for that neck injury and getting Andrew luck. Other than that, like Peyton Manning might still be quarterbacking for the Colts. I mean, you just can't disregard a quarterback that brought you two championships. You never know when dumb Eli Manning might turn it back on. He may just go dumb this season. That's the problem with Eli. You never a
0: 30, know. A thirty seven year old quarterback? I don't think you, I don't think you, so.
1: You, you never know. He it could have been OBJ fucking up his mojo. With <laughs> and,
0: and, and you look at the Giants team now they don't have a ton of talent. Like, I mean, they, they've got a bunch got of... Barkley. Well, yeah, that dude's a stud. But <laughs> outside of that, like, I mean, Sterling Shepard's a good number two, maybe number three. Evan Ingram can't block for shit, so we know when he's on the field exactly what he's going to do. And he's he's a good tight end, wide receiver. But then you bring in Golden Tate, who's a possession... I mean, where is your speed? Are you Anto- count counting on Antonio Callaway? Like... You know, where's your... That, that offense is going nowhere. you got a bunch Brown, of dudes who so. all are basically the same receiver, just possession receivers running up and down the field. bunch of Anquan Boltons. That ain't going to help you. <laughs> so, you know... He doesn't He doesn't have the weapons. You know, OBJ was your best weapon. You alienated him. And, and I mean, the Giants are a mess. The Giants are a fucking mess.
1: Yeah, the Giants have been a fucking dumpster fire for a long time. And I just don't understand what their management is doing. I mean, OBJ pretty much destroyed them this week saying that they were only getting primetime games because of him. Of course, they do now have Saquon Barkley. So they'll still continue to get primetime games. And they're in the New York area. But I don't understand how you choose Eli Manning over having a core of saquon barkley and obj i mean that's what most franchises dream of having a go-to running back as dominant as saquon barkley and a receiver like obj i mean you have to just deal with some of his annex and i mean he has a valid point in a lot of shit he's saying i mean if you're the best wide receiver in the league then give me the fucking ball (laughs) you know what i'm saying if i'm in double coverage then throw it to other people to loosen up the coverage on me you have barkley you have obj Like, you need a real quarterback. That would have been the time last year to get rid of Eli Manning, bring in a Sam Darnold. Could you imagine last year? I don't don't know if they could have. You know what I'm saying? It's just I don't understand anything that the Giants are doing. I don't understand their plan. I understand Eli won two Super Bowls. I understand what he brought to the city. But at some point, you got to move on. Now, you just lost one of the best wide receivers in the league because of what?
0: Now I will say um, to the point: is, is that what all teams dream of? Because can you name me a wide receiver uh, and 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 uh, running back combo that's won a Super Bowl like a, a, a elite duo? I mean, the Steelers are the literally the best of the best and couldn't get that done. And they ha- and Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than Eli, although some years it's iffy. But you know what I mean? Like I, I understand the point. I think the Giants are idiots. If you're them. Last year, as good as Barkley is, I definitely agree with you. They should have taken Sam Darnold, um, the, the, and the just kind of moved on never. from Eli. I mean, you you benched Eli, you broke his streak of of the most starts in history, whatever the streak was. You 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 basically were cutting the cord and saying, "Hey, man, it's over." And yet you bring him back for another year. Don't draft a replacement, and he has another bad year. I mean, when's it going to end?
1: Yeah, I mean, even putting a guy like Daniel Jones bringing him in i don't know if daniel jones is going to be good or not apparently they think that he is but i don't know what he's going to benefit sitting behind Eli manning if you're saying that maybe the receiving core isn't good enough and you're saving him i mean i just i just don't know what the benefit is anymore in the nfl of sitting a guy especially if you're going to be bad we all kind of know that the giants are going to be bad what is the benefit of sitting daniel jones behind Eli manning I mean, he's not going to get better on the bench. He's not going to go through their growing pains. You have Saquon Barkley. I might as as well throw him out there with Barkley. Barkley's a safety net. I look for Barkley to damn near get a 1,000 and a 1,000 next season because they ain't going to have shit else.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, and that's kind of my point. You know, so you might as well just get him out there and, and, I don't know, the Giants are the Giants. Um, you know, I, I kind of get not paying Landon Collins, even though, you know, they probably should have. Um, because why not? If you're not going to pay Odell, I I just don't see them being a, a successful franchise anytime soon. So.
1: But I'm also not rooting for them to be a successful franchise. So of course you're not. There's also
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. So by the end of this week, every every team will have kicked off training camp. Um, veterans will have reported. Um, as we said, next Thursday, you got your first Hall of Fame game. Uh, oh, before we get out of here, I did want to kind of switch gears. Um, let's talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook, man, uh, getting traded to the Thunder, or excuse me, from the Thunder to the Houston Rockets. I believe I called that on the last pod, um, and you didn't believe in me and Woj, uh, and now you have to say that you're wrong.
1: You no, know, actually, I was just as right, because I said the only place he's going to go is if he's doing he if they're doing him a favor the reason why I didn't believe it was going to be the Rockets because there was no report saying that he Rockets was his main destination and I also didn't believe that Oklahoma City would take three years 124 million dollars of Chris Paul at 35 yeah that's tough that's a lot to swallow yeah I don't care how good Westbrook was for him we have to work something out (laughs) you know like when Westbrook says I want to go to Houston and I look at that offer and I say no I mean, we're going to have to get to your second destination because I'm not screwing my franchise by putting Chris Paul on my team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand the move.
0: And the tough part is you're really negotiating a a position that half the NBA doesn't need. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're in a point guard boom. So, the same teams that were in the market for D'Angelo Russell, Russell Westbrook, and, you know, if there's a mark for Chris Paul, it's the same guys. I mean, it's Minnesota, it's Miami, and <laughs> Phoenix. But you, but
1: you also get put in a situation where, shit, you're trading for a Chris Paul. The one thing about Westbrook, at least Westbrook is like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so Correct. You could play him with Schroeder. You could play him with Shy. Now you get Chris Paul. Now you got three point guards on your team. And two of them, like, uh, Schroeder is making like $17 million a year. Chris Paul's making thirty and then you got a rookie point guard that you want to develop. Now you didn't got Chris Paul contract where you're trying to, you know, play it close to the vest and say, oh, we're okay with keeping Chris Paul. No, now you got Chris Paul to realize it's not Westbrook. Those same teams that you thought you could move him to are now saying, oh, you got to give us. Like, I saw a report where Miami said they're only taking Chris Paul if either Chris Paul declines his final year, which is worth $45 million. Which he's not. Or, or they give, them two first, give their two first-round picks back. So either you got to give me my 2021 and 2023 picks back, or he has to decline. And that's really the only team that I've heard has even been interested in Chris Paul, so they're negotiating against themselves. And why...
0: Yeah, I've seen I've seen reports about Minnesota being interested, but they're again like you said, they're not really willing to pay the price for Chris Paul. No no one wants to pay that contract and, you know.
1: Now, I could I, I would agree with Minnesota shit if you can give them Teague's contract and then shit Robert Covington, then I I'd be on board with that.
0: Yeah, um but again, if you're Chris Paul, it, it looks like your window is done, right? I mean, what do you do now if you're Chris Paul? Like do you wait it out in Oklahoma? I mean, you you're tied. Uh, At
1: this point in time, you have no choice. You committed to that deal with Houston, thinking you're going to stay in Houston. You had to know at some point that was going to become a bad contract and your ass could end up anywhere because you still want to get paid. I mean, if you want to go to a team that could potentially do something, you can start declining years or taking pay cuts. I'm sure a team will take you. He's not willing to do that. So he has to know. He's been in the league long enough. To know this is how patrick Ewing ends up with like uh orlando magic <laughs> I mean, toronto raptors or no no he yeah.
0: was in seattle yeah, yeah this or is
1: how it happens right here this is the story
0: akeem so, olajuwon in toronto
1: ending up in minnesota would probably be the best case scenario for him because they're on the cusp of a playoff spot and a veteran like chris paul that can actually you know jimmy butler's a different type of veteran he's a scoring veteran Chris Paul's going to be an asshole, but he's actually going to feed Cat the ball to get Cat in the in position, and he may be able to, to make
0: Wiggins look decent. You know, uh, I, hey, hold hold on
1: now, I'm not going that far. <laughs> we didn't say You're he take...
0: point guard now. He just now he's point guard at this stage in his career. So <laughs> if,
1: yeah, yeah. If, if I can if I can get Chris Paul and I can send you Jeff Teague and Wiggins, who says no? Well, Jeff Teague and Wiggins for Chris Paul. Ugh. <laughs> That's a terrible trade over. Yeah. It actually benefits Minnesota. Even with those three bad years, you're probably never going to get a free agent to the caliber of Chris Paul, so it doesn't kill you. You put a good veteran point guard with Cat, and then you got a bunch of young players. Chris Paul's actually done well with young players in the past because he can kind of talk to them however he wants and make them do whatever he wants. Um, Oklahoma City is terrible, but they've kind of fucked themselves where you're just trying to get off contracts.
0: But point. you know what? But they've got a ton of assets. They, I mean, they, they don't really build through free agency. They've got to build through the draft and trades anyway, and, and basically what draft picks become well, now. I'm only
1: talking about the Chris Paul I mean, everything else they've done perfectly fine. Right. At this point in time, mission number one is to get the fuck off that Chris Paul contract. Three years, $124 million, and they don't have bird rights. They're signing him in the cat It's going to fuck whatever they're trying to do. So they need to get rid of that Chris Paul contract by any means necessary. If I can call Minnesota and be like, hey, Minnesota, give me Wiggins. Because I'd much rather have because Teague is going to take off a big chunk of that because he's on an expiring contract of like 19, 20 million. That's just going to leave you with Wiggins 15 million. Okay. You can deal with Wiggins two years or three years of 50, 60 million. That's not going to kill you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, they, I think there's a trade there to be done that makes sense for both teams. It's just, it's just legitimately going to be a, a matter of that $45 million that 45 million dollars for one year on chris paul's 37 years old and he already can't stay healthy so man it's Who
1: tough that contract it's tough
0: <laughs> so, you know it's funny and why
1: would you take it man i just listen i know what russell westbrook has been to oklahoma i understand that but west russell westbrook has to understand there's a fine line with me doing you a favor and us destroying this organization. Now, they didn't destroy it, but they set themselves back. With all the assets that they got, they literally set themselves back with getting Chris Paul. They would have literally been better off getting than nothing from Miami that they were getting. Because at least, like I said, you get a tragic contract where you're getting off of $20 million, then maybe you just just throwing a James Johnson or a Myers Leonard. They could have got a uh, Myers Leonard and tragic contract and been off that whole salary next year. Yeah, it sounds like a trash trade, but then you would have cleared the books of two. If we would have cleared the books of like what, a hundred and seventy million dollars in Russell Westbrook's salary and one failed swoop?
0: Mm, I don't know. I I don't I don't know that I agree with that as far as them. I mean, they didn't
1: they didn't get anything back. I mean, you can say that, but they didn't get any back thing back from um Chris Paul either. They got a bad contract and one first round pick in twenty twenty six, and then that contract. From Chris Paul, they're not going to get anything from it more than likely, unless they waited out two years. So saying that you would get off the contract or get nothing—I mean, they didn't really get anything from Houston from taking it. All they got was a first-round pick in like 2026.
0: Well, yeah, well, I mean, that could end up being a nice pick. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> James Harden and Chris Paul are both 30 years old, or sorry, and uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook both 30 years old or close to it. I mean. We'll see. Yeah, in the, midst,
1: in the midst of their twenty-eight picks, they got. They yeah. needed another random first. 10 I agree years with you. Short
0: term does nothing for them. They they literally did them a favor. So we'll see. Um, does does this make Houston uh, championship contenders?
1: I Man, I think it does. I agree uh, with you. I, I think it does. I mean, in that system that they run, whatever faults you want to point out that Russell Westbrook has, he should thrive in this system. We got to remember Jeremy Lynn averaged like 30 and 12 in this system. So you mean to tell me my two point guards, I mean, my three guard lineup is going to be um, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Eric Gordon in an isolation setting where the coach just let me do whatever I want, ISO and dribble like we're playing street ball? Yeah, that's going to be tough for defense to deal with, even out of a pick and roll. As long as Russell Westbrook stops settling for jumpers and attack the rim and play off of attacking the rim, then this should be a a really deadly offense. Now, if he starts settling for three-point shots and letting them play in the lane on him, that's the one thing that would scare me because you can kind of bait Westbrook into taking trays, like you know what I mean. Correct. If you start baiting him into shooting seven or eight trays, now one thing I will say is he shoots around what thirty thirty five percent from the field, but he, he at the end of the season he looked way better from three with OKC. I mean, he was probably their second best three point shooter, which isn't saying a lot. I was about to say, I mean, the
0: whole team throws up bricks, so. Yeah. You know, that's a bricklaying team.
1: If you're getting, I mean, in that system, if you're getting four from 10 from Westbrook, is that going to kill you? I mean, that's kind of like what Draymond does, and it's just enough to loosen the pressure off of. You just got to hit the wide open ones.
0: We'll see. I agree with you. I do think it makes them a championship contender. Um, You know, at this stage, Russell Westbrook is, I mean, just flat out better than Chris Paul. It's just going to be a matter of, I got to see how they play together. I mean, You'd think that players are smart. I mean, again, you're talking about two ball dominant guards. Chris Paul is a ball dominant guard, and you see how it kind of worked out to where, I mean, they were on the cusp of, I think, a championship, but, you know, I don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to stand in the corner and just watch uh, James Harden dribble the ball out of there for 20 seconds. You know what I mean? There's going to be possessions where that happens, and then it's going to be vice versa. Okay, my turn to dribble now, and, you know, and then I'm going to drive and then kick it out to a shooter.
1: See, but I think James Harden is actually okay with that. Chris Paul was the one that wasn't okay with that. I mean, you saw James Harden is perfectly fine watching Chris Paul dribble and do his thing. Because he's a street baller. It was Chris Paul who had the problem with it.
0: Yeah. So, we'll see. That's probably the last bit of NBA news we'll get for a while. Preseason going to start in, what, September, October, early October.
1: Well, you have uh, the FIBA World Championship September 1st, even though everybody's pulling out of it. Yeah, I was
0: just about to say, everybody's pulling out of that. So we'll get to watch Donovan Mitchell play.
1: Nah, he pulled out too. Oh, did he? He Kimball Walker Marcus Smart Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum basically the Celtics versus the world
0: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pass on that I'll watch but not within that's football season and kicked off after that I'm not that interested until uh
1: and, and, I, and I'm not joking that's kind of the lineup they're talking about like the starting Celtics roster versus the world yikes
0: well <laughs> everybody that's all we got man you want anything before we get out of here
1: nope that's it man go Eagles another championship year
0: That's it, that's all. Happy training camp, everybody.
1: Peace. Peace.